You're listening to the Get Out and Drive podcast with John Custom Car Nerd Meyer and Jason Old Car Guy Car. We'll be bringing you gearheads everything you never wanted to know about cars and why they should be on the road and not in your garage. Are you ready to get out and drive? Get those cars on the road October 2nd, 2022 to celebrate National Get Out and Drive Day. Visit nationalgetoutanddriveday.com for more info. When we were in Racing Junk's booth at SEMA 2021, we talked to a guy who loves to get out and drive fast. Camping World NHRA Top Fuel Driver Nitro Joe Morrison. If you want to find out more about that, definitely head over to our Instagram page. We are here, Get Out and Drive podcast, are here with Joe Morrison, SEMA 2021. Somebody told me that you can get out and drive fast. Is that true? I like to drive fast. Yeah, I drive the Leverage Racing Top Fuel Dragster and the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series. Wow. So, how long have you been doing that? So, I have been drag racing... Really, um, my first time ever down the track was in my 1970 Chevelle mm-hmm. at Raceway Park in Englishtown. Wow. Many years ago. Many years ago. Uh, but I've only been driving top fuel since uh, 2020, actually. Of all years oh, to make okay. my top fuel de- debut. Was in 2020. Was in 2020, yes, sir. Uh, what, was, uh, what were you driving prior to that? Or how were you scouted and how'd you move up? So um, I uh, actually took a, br- I took a break from racing in the 90s. Uh, into the early 2000s mm-hmm. to chase a music career. Okay. Uh, played in a number of different uh, rock bands and things like that. Okay. Um, when the opportunity came for me to actually get into a nostalgia car, mm-hmm. a uh, it was a Brad Hadman alcohol funny car chassis mm-hmm. with a Fiat Topolino body on it that we raced in New Jersey, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, uh, a little bit in Maryland, a club called the Northeast Timing Organization. Still have some great friends over there, fierce competition. Okay. Um, we won a championship in 2011, went to 14 races and won seven of them. Mm-hmm. Um, almost repeated as champion in 2012, wow. went to 12 races and won six. If we had just shown up at one more race. <laughs> but I had family obligations that yep. con- conflicted with those two races. Okay, okay. Um, from there, was fortunate enough to start driving a fuel altered called the 134 Fuel Coupe, a 1934 five-window Ford mm-hmm. Coupe. Yep. With a nitro motor in it um, okay. for a guy named Ted Bryan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Gold, actually, and Ted okay. Bryan together built that car in the 80s. Long story with that. Mm-hmm. Also, of course, started driving for my good friend Rocky Perone, driving Nostalgia oh. Funny Cars. Oh, love that. So, love uh, again, I've been very lucky to drive a lot of different cars for mm-hmm. some great people. Mm-hmm. Um, got my top alcohol license with Jerry Darian. And Jerry, um, you may have heard of some uh, drivers named... Force. They also the Force girls drove. For yeah, Jerry that's Darian. on the tip of my tongue. Kind of rings so. a bell, right? Does John? ring a bell. So uh, among others, there were plenty of other racers that drove for Jerry Darian as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that kind of helped make the transition into top fuel a little easier. So I have hanging a, out with the right crowd. I have been very. Lo- I'm proud to say that typically I am the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> nice. Surrounded by great people, truthfully. Very, and, and very that's good. Been, very good. It's been uh, a blessing. I feel mm-hmm. very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a lot of hard work. Well, sure. So it never, it never came easy. You never can stay. But, uh, but that's the background that led me into Top Fuel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
always been into drag racing specifically. Yeah. No, no, no turning right and left. So um, I was, when I was 10 years old, a friend was selling a go-kart a go and I really wanted it badly. So I actually borrowed my parents' lawnmower and cut neighbors' lawns to buy. So go-karting was really where I started. Mm -hmm. um, and then through a program about 10 years ago called Drive for COPD, I mm -hmm. had the opportunity to do a, a pro-am event out at Fontana, the NASCAR track in Fontana, okay. and got to drive through the Rusty Wallace racing experience, got to uh, drive stock cars <laughs> ah. with a bunch of celebrities, which was yes. kind of cool, yes. you know? I was, uh, you know, just a regular guy who was a drag racer, mm -hmm. you know, that um, the COPD Foundation brought me in you know, as a ringer, so to speak, to go race against the celebrities. And <laughs> we had a whole lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I so bet. We had a good time. I, I like seeing that when people that are like yourself, specifically drag racing background, are put in another style of car and see how it affects how you race. Yeah. If you're good, bad, better, right. indifferent, whatever. And, and that's fantastic. That, that's a testament to your skill. Well, it's I just love... Machines and I get along. I'll just say that. It's, mm -hmm. I've always been comfortable driving. Maybe it's because I started at such a young age, and mm -hmm. maybe it's because I'd watched my dad mm -hmm. for many years and, and uh, always loved driving. So, um, yeah, I'm driving top fuel now, but put me in a Volkswagen Bug in a 21-second you know, quarter mile, and you know what? Right. I'm going to love racing just the same. Exactly, so, exactly. Because uh, some of the cars, they, uh, they don't give you a time slip. They give you a calendar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you started on Monday and you ended here. Yeah, um, but I, I see how your 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 career has progressed, and it's fantastic. And 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 uh, I'm very happy to see that's happening to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. We always ask all of our guests, mm -hmm. "What drives you?" We know that you drive a car. Obviously, you can operate it very well. Why do you care about this industry? What drives you to do what you do? So. It's a combination of things. So, really, the the thrill of driving, um, it's just something that I've I've had since that first go kart at age ten. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that's always a a um, a factor for sure. Um, I gotta tell you, in 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 drag racing in particular, uh, maybe that's just because that's where my experience is. Mm -hmm. um, but I've made some of the best friends. Some of the coolest people are involved in car culture in general. Right. Whether it's you know a lot of the car shows that we've done over the years, bringing a race car out and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, car people in general are just awesome people, and so um, that being able to race with friends has just been an amazing thing. Well, people share ideas, and they help bring you along, and that's the biggest thing that we push on our show is supporting the next generation. And, and making sure that everybody shares information. Sure, there's going to be camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's going to be rivalry. Oh, yeah. And and you have little secrets that you keep to your chest. I get it. But everybody has to have fun. Oh, and yeah. and uh, that kind of moves the industry forward. Yeah. And, and, and making sure that everyone's super happy. There's always going to be some bad apple in the room. But <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your spark? I know you talked about your go-kart. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, because all the car guys do, all car guys and girls, they remember their spark of, I'm just cruising along and I'm young little Joe Morrison, and all of a sudden I'm interested in cars. Do you remember exactly when that happened? So, 
Yes and no. Yes and no. So, and, 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 and here's why. So, my mom and dad's first date was to Island Dragway. Okay. Uh, dad was racing there. Dad would work there when he wasn't racing there. Mm -hmm. Mom wound up working in the timing tower. So, she was still working in the timing tower after they got married when she was pregnant with me. So, when I tell you I've been around drag racing since before I was born, I mean, literally, like, I am, you right. know... Right. You know, bread, mom, bread yeah, into absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, I, I I have a couple of very early memories. Mm -hmm. um, we I remember one time uh, we were racing Dad's stock eliminator car. My brother and I were really young. I was probably three or four. My brother was one or two. Mm -hmm. We were at the San Air Dragway in Canada. Um, I remember everybody outside like they were still working on cars in the middle of the night it's dark mm -hmm. people campfires going laughing drinking having a good time and i remember thinking boy don't these people ever sleep no um and and um but just how much fun it was mm -hmm. being there and being a part of it there the funny thing is and i don't remember this this was a story told by my mother so okay. I, as a toddler uh, my dad had a 59 corvette Okay. And uh, evidently, you know, before the times of car seats, right, I was sitting on my mother's lap in the passenger seat, mm -hmm. and some guy pulls up in a GTO at a traffic light. Right. And, uh, you know, my, my dad looks over, and my, my mom's like, you know, kind of smiles, and of course my dad smokes him off the line and, mm -hmm. and leaves him in the dust, and, and uh, <laughs> he said, I, I was I could barely say it, he said, do it again, daddy, do it again. So I'm maybe go, that was I want to go fast. I, but but laughing that my mother said it was just you know so honestly it's just been a part of me for as long as I can remember and from the earliest memories at English Town uh, I was there when Jungle Jim Lieberman got his one and only national event win wow. I was a little kid wow. but I was a huge Jungle Jim fan mm -hmm. um, you were just there for Pam uh, you know and the funny thing is is <laughs> Pam is a, well of course she's a great Pam, person Pam is a friend actually yes. Pam was with my team and, mm -hmm. and uh, at Maple Grove when I got my competition license. Wow. Funny story about that. My competition number is 171. Mm -hmm. Jungle Jim was 117. That's not by accident. Oh, wow. So to get my competition license on July 11th, on 7 11, mm -hmm. with uh, one of my good friends, and uh, who actually I will be in the Ceramic Pro booth okay. uh, shortly at sure. 2 o'clock this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Tim, my friend Tim, got married on July 11th, a couple of years earlier, so 7 11. <laughs> my good friend Jack Beckman, who is here in the Racing Junk booth mm -hmm. at PRI, okay. when I did my announcement, Jack's competition number is 7 11. Wow. So I've got July 11th, I get my competition license with Jungle Pam there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with my number dedicated to Jungle Jim. So yeah, this whole thing, you know, it's funny how it all The planets comes are aligning. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That works out really well. Yeah. We we love thrash stories. We love breakdown stories. Uh, tell us something, either pre-pro career or okay. pro career, whatever. We love breakdown stories, middle of the night thrash, stole the part off this competitor's car. If he's broke out, all that type of stuff. We uh, we've had a couple of them. I mean, that, listen, racing. Anytime you put nitro in the tank, you're there. The possibilities of things blowing up go up, mm -hmm. you know, significantly. Mm -hmm. So um, we did. Our, so Gainesville this year, mm -hmm. um, we made two qualifying passes and basically blew up everything we had. Oh, um, you know, kicked the rods out of motor for the first pass. Second pass, same thing. 
absolutely just demolished the engine. Wow. So here it is, and we but but we were in the show. <laughs> okay. But we were in the show. Okay. So uh, what we wound up doing was we wound up um, finding a block mm-hmm. that we bought uh, from another competitor. Okay. And uh, and thrashing, putting it all together. Um, the because of television, we had a ten o'clock first round, which okay. meant we had to be at the track even earlier. Because so, it was a live show. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to oh, go I with the TV it. schedule. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. The guys were. We worked on worked on everything till two two thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. By the way, spring forward. We lost an hour of sleep <laughs> and had to be back at the track by six thirty in the morning. And we made round one. Really? Made round one. So that, that was, uh, you know, basically had nothing left, scrambled, put put whatever money together we could, mm-hmm. and actually made it the first round. Now, of course, we didn't win first round because we were we were not going to take the car down the whole way down the track right. because right. we didn't know why we were having the problems we were having. And we right. subsequently found out. But I mean, when you scatter two in a row. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the year before, in mm-hmm. 2020, we literally did not hurt a single rod. Wow. But in, uh, we come out in 2021, and all of a sudden... Can, can you share with us up. how it broke or why it broke? So, if not, I understand. Yeah, actually, it was a, a, uh, a valve train issue, believe okay. it or not. Um, and in these cars, when you... If you... Um, lose an exhaust valve you got to think about what happens when you're putting all that nitro in, into the cylinders and then all of a sudden there's no way for it to get out right the only thing that happens Kaboom. is it goes, it goes boom and it goes out the bottom so yep because it's sealed up and then down is the path of least resistance right wow so, what kind of uh, horsepower is in your car so uh, Ish. top fuel um there there is no dynamometer that can measure it, but by calculations, by cal- they, well, the math says the math says about around eleven thousand horsepower. Wow! So wow. for those for those of you folks who don't know, uh, top fuel car will accelerate from zero to one hundred miles an hour in eight tenths of a second. Then the clutch starts to lock up a couple of hundred feet down track, and you accelerate even harder. So it's like launching all over again when that clutch locks up. It is the most intense ride on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, 300 plus miles an hour in less than four seconds. What kind of G's is that? I'm so, sure you guys have G-force. Yeah, so when we leave the line, it's about three and a half okay. um, or so. But then when the clutch locks up, that climbs up to a little over five. And then wow. when we put the parachutes out, we go from five this way to six the other way. So uh, wow. yeah, that's a it's a heck of a swing in G forces. Is so, uh, do you have body training or personal training and things like that so, to keep you up for that? Because I know it's not for a regular Joe. Yeah, sure it is. I and mean, then you don't well, toss your lunch out on the steering wheel. <laughs> it's uh, core strength is important. Okay. So so um, and the other thing is, look, sometimes you know you have an oil down in front of us. Happened to us in Dallas. Um, Krista Baldwin and I were strapped in the cars, our respective cars, for, mm-hmm. for you know, probably almost an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, now you NASCAR drivers would think, well, that's no big deal, right? Yeah, well, our fire suits are way thicker. Right. Um, you know, not the paper-thin stuff they use in, in, uh, on the, in the other side of things. So um, being able to handle heat, mm-hmm. um, keeping yourself hydrated is extremely important. Um, and then knowing your energy level. We... Races are won and lost by a tenth of a blink of an eye. Mm. So the level of precision necessary to be successful 
is extremely high. So you need to understand where your energy level is with your body and, and, and all right. kinds of things to cut a good light. I mean, there's certainly, it's way more than just step on the throttle and try to go straight. Right. I, I know I've talked to uh, um, pro bike riders. Yeah. And you get up and you're on a pro tree, push a button, the bike will leave without you. <laughs> and that's the that's the most important lesson I learned. Yeah. You kind of feel that way with your car because it's a little more automated or... or no, there's so... Um, we have the clutch timers are automated. Mm -hmm. So so once I step off the clutch um, to, to go from pre-stage to staging the car, mm -hmm. that's automated. And then, I, yeah, I step on the throttle. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm old school. Um, I do have um, what I like to call the uh, oh crap button on the steering mm -hmm. wheel that will shut the fuel off, shut the ignition off, and also put a parachute, put the parachutes out. Um, but I never use it. Um, really? I put the parachutes out manually, shut the fuel down manually. Okay. Um, just with, especially being a nostalgia racer, mm -hmm. um, the racing I did was non-electronics. So sure, I sure. Did All, not, everything's manual. I'm doing and, this. I'm grabbing a chute. Exactly. Right. And I and I prefer that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, nice to know it's there if I need it. You sure. know, if really you get into trouble with the car, sure. then, then, you know. Automation um, is great when it works. Right. But I got to have a manual backup for stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And for Very me, the, automa the automation is the backup for me. Wow. Okay. So I prefer, I operate the car manually, <laughs> but the automated stuff is just in case there's a problem. So, uh, um, Good thing. Now, feeling like the car left without you, you, as a driver, you become accustomed to the speed and the viciousness of these things. Right. I don't know that you ever get completely used to it, but, I, you know, the first time or two you drive the car, you're kind of along for the ride. And I've obviously never driven a top-fuel car. Yeah. I know as a spectator that the sound coming out and you're leaving causes that float flutter. Do you get that as a driver or um, because you're ahead of the sound? No, it's it's different being in the car than outside the car. Okay. And even in the funny cars, having driven uh, Nostalgia Nitro funny cars, mm -hmm. once they put the body down, mm -hmm. it deflects some of the sound from where the headers are to where you're sitting. Right, through the outside of the body so exits. It's, right. it's quieter. I mean, it's it's louder in the funny car than the dragster. Okay. But it's still, um, as a driver, you're managing multiple sensory inputs. Not only mm -hmm. what you feel in the car, what the car is doing. Right. Um, you know, but you what you're hearing you know, at the same time, and then obviously what you're seeing. Right. And so. you would have to get accustomed to that situation being muffled, trying right. to save your hearing. Right. Right. So uh, I have some custom-made, uh, you know, hearing protection that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're going to start using. And, and well, uh, good. I have to try to, so I'm going to start at the beginning of the year with that. Okay. And try to, uh, you know, get myself accustomed to it. But ha uh, Have you had any scary moments? Because um, obviously going fast is, you go fast quickly. So, so not, yes, I have, but not in the top fuel car. Okay. Having come from a blue collar family, um, you know, we don't come from a lot of money. So mm -hmm. I always raced my own car very conservatively. Um, okay. I am not one of those drivers that has the never lift mentality. <laughs> so um, stay in it. Right. So yeah. I know what. Everybody gets to a point where you cross that line, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I did so twice in my career. You know, I've, I've, uh, I wrecked the fuel altered that I was driving at one point. Okay. Uh, I crashed my friend's jet car at one point. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, but once you know where that line is, 
you want to rate you want to go right up to it sure. without crossing it okay um, and and uh, so so two things I mean part of the saying is when yep. your right foot's connected to your wallet you're more likely to if the car is not happy mm-hmm. to stop to lift sure um, and abort the run because you, um, you know you got to pay for it that right? is correct. So, that is correct. So, uh, um, long answer to a short question. <laughs> that's why mm-hmm. I really have not had you know many you know oh crap moments in the mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. Um, because number one, I don't want to hurt the driver in the other lane. Sure. Right. And and number two, hey, listen, I don't want to wreck the thing because it's going to be way expensive to mm-hmm. to to fix it. My motivation for winning. Mm-hmm has way less to do with beating the driver in the other lane and everything to do with the fact that I love racing so much that I want to race again. Okay. So my approach and mentality is I want to win because I want to run four times on Sunday. Right. I don't care who I'm beating or not. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the more I win, the more I get to race. Um, Some people, once they've come close to wrecking a car, say, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what? Let's let's be a Mm -hmm. little more careful Mm -hmm. next time. Um, you hope people learn that lesson. I've seen some drivers that never learn that lesson. Right. And, you know, so be it. But, uh, <laughs> you know. you have any other non-drag racing, car collection, any kind of automotive interest outside of what you do professionally? I absolutely. Interest for sure. 100%. Okay. okay. Um, you know, do do we, uh, I, do I have hot rods right now? I do not. I okay. still have my Fiat Altered that I raced in the Nostalgia series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that car we're going to be bringing back out again. Okay. Um, my younger son is really interested in cars, and uh, we're looking at right now he'll get his license next year. Okay. So we're looking at a project car for him. So there will be there will be a project car in my near future. Nice. So we will see. He loves classic cars, and it's just uh, they've gotten very expensive. You know, I mean from. Back when you know I got my license, mm-hmm. uh, seven hundred dollar car is seven thousand dollars now. Absolutely, it's scary to look at cars for sale. Look, the market is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And as these cars become more and more rare, they become more and more valuable. As long as there are people that love them, and the challenge is, you've got a sixteen-year-old kid mm-hmm. that that loves sixties muscle cars mm-hmm. that can't afford one. Well, correct. So, so the, that that in and of itself becomes a challenge. So we want to we want to keep the newer generation engaged. We want to provide opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been helping on the top fuel car as well, which okay. is kind of neat, and learning some things along the way. Mm-hmm. Little jobs here and there that sure. he can that he can you know step his foot in. Yeah. So we'll see what we end up with. You know, I mean, he may end up with a, an '80s or '90s you know Camaro or Mustang or something. We which, we always talk about that 30 year cycle of nostalgia. Yep. That's why the G-bodies are coming forward and all that type of stuff. The market of that is starting to get very hot. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's 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 crazy. Um, and again, like like you you jumped into it quickly without even me asking. Um, we always push what drives youth. Y O U T H. It is something that's important to us for giving to the next generation. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you are. Um, support the next generation is very, very, very important. We have to, otherwise our sport will disappear. Yes, exactly. You know? And and, uh, and all I, of our knowledge will just go away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and and I just think about all the amazing friendships I've had through mm-hmm. the years because of hot rodding, because of of uh, racing. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would hate to see that disappear for my kids and their kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know. Um, 
we have to do whatever we can to bring the next generation along. Has there been, been any talk of top fuel style electric vehicles? So there are because some, that's the biggest kind oh, of yeah. uh, uh, the biggest break in the internet thing this weekend is Project X mm-hmm. with and I saw a few of other vendors and things, but Project X having a a General Motors plug and play, you know, engine in it. You know, yeah. Has, has there been have you or have you been privy to talks about that? So I have. Uh, I don't have any inside inform- information there at all. Um, from what I've seen, I mm-hmm. mean, there was a, you know, Don Garlitz was working at breaking the 200 mile per hour barrier in an electric dragster. There was another team that actually accomplished it first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you've got the electric Copo Camaros and sure. Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I've seen them race um, at the track. I know uh, Bob Tasca drove an electric uh, Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, they're impressive. Those were in the nines, right? Or the eights? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they're impressive. Uh, for me, and look, of course, as a top fuel driver, you know, the sound, the feeling, everything that goes along with it, mm-hmm. that will always be a favorite for me. Um, but I don't, I'm not one of those that says, oh, electric cars should not be out there racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a place for it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I mean, the sanctioning body will have to do whatever they can do to, to make sure that there is whatever playing field is is as appropriate as possible mm-hmm. whether they keep them in separate classes or integrate them okay i have no idea um i welcome it either way uh because right. i think um listen racing has always been about embracing technology yes so uh, i see this as something that um you would hope would bring more people in and if someone comes to racing because they want to see the electric car run and they're there and they see a top fuel car run, they will be hooked. Yes. There are very, very few people that see a top fuel car run and say, yeah, that's not for me. There are people out there that don't like it. I get that and I I have nothing against that. I get it and and you have to just stop and say, wow, the technology, your 11,000 horsepower to put it to the ground, the clutches, all that system of stuff that everyone had to learn from breaking everything else. Yep. So I think if electric cars can bring new people to the drag races, mm-hmm. that means new fans. Mm-hmm. That means our sport continues to grow. So I wow. don't see the downside to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I uh, you know, I don't. I uh, there, we have no crystal ball on the table. No, there's not um, at all. I but, don't have. Uh, I don't have the you know uh, the mental ability to see into the future. Yeah. Talk to us about your foundation. So, Right to Breathe. Uh, Mentioned my dad and and being uh, among the early inspirations for me for racing. Um, Dad was a plumber Mm -hmm. um, and he worked around a lot of asbestos uh, many years ago. Right. Uh, He did give up racing when my brother and I were young. Um, By the time I was able to give that back to him Mm -hmm. in the mid-2000s, he was diagnosed with COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Okay. Um, he did not get diagnosed until he had lost a little over half of his lung function. Wow. We found out that that is a common story. Um, most people do not get diagnosed until they have lost a significant amount of lung function. Okay. And, and um, that the CDC estimates there are 12 to 14 million Americans that have COPD and don't know it. Okay. So if my dad had been diagnosed earlier, he was diagnosed in 2006, he passed away in 2016. If he had found out earlier, it's very likely he'd still be alive today. 
So, wow. so what we did was in 2014, we established Right to Breathe as a 501c3 nonprofit, mm -hmm. and we provide free lung screenings at car shows, at race events, uh, community events, health fairs. We provide patient support for people that are already living with lung disease. So it's okay. not just the folks that are at risk, it's also the folks that are already living with lung disease. Because we Great. used my dad's passion for racing to help him stay healthy, to help him fight when you don't when you can't breathe, you really don't feel like doing much of anything. No, uh, no. But the worst thing you can do when you have a breathing-related problem is become a couch potato because then you decondition. And then when you decondition, it's harder to breathe and you get this vicious cycle. Right. So my dad's love for car, for car racing is what kept him healthy for mm -hmm. way longer than he probably should have been. I see. Okay. So... So our message to hot rodders and racers is get to know what what your numbers are. You know, you can go to righttobreathe.org, that's R-I-G-H-T, the number two, B-R-E-A-T-H-E dot org. Okay. And we also just partnered with uh, the news anchor Ted Koppel and his wife Grace Ann. Grace Ann has COPD also. There's a website called copdsos.org. And they are using the Right to Breathe Risk Assessment Questionnaire. You answer seven or eight questions. And that will let you know, you get a score, and that'll let you know where your risk factors are, and then you can take that and talk to your doctor. So wow. we don't diagnose anybody, we provide a pathway for education yes. for people, and tools for people to be able to go and talk to their doctor. So. Well, that, that sounds great, and, you're, and uh, being able to help some people, that, that has to be a great feeling. We want to give back to the racing community, um, and, uh, and, and really there's a lot of folks in the racing community that are at risk mm -hmm. because of what we do. I mean, you know, my uh, day job for many years as a landscaper, I'm in the risk group. So I, I've taken the screener myself right. and, and uh, had a conversation with my doctor. So my breathing, um, when I did the breathing test called spirometry, showed that everything was fine, but I'm in the risk factor. But my doctor and I, have a, we have a conversation mm -hmm. and we know that we got to check me in a couple of years to make sure that everything's still good. Mm. So, uh, um, you know, it's something that I think applies to, to anybody and everybody. Yes. Um, Keep know. tabs on your numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Great. How can our uh, viewers and listeners, how can they find you? So uh, the easiest way to find me on social media, mm -hmm. um, I was given the nickname Nitro Joe. Okay. And uh, racing fans will know that Nitro, the chemical formula for Nitro is CH3NO2. Okay. So if you go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you put in CH3NO2 Joe, just all one word, you'll be able to find me. So. Wow. And you've already covered your foundation, how they can follow your foundation? Yep, righttobreathe.org, and Right to Breathe is also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Excellent, excellent. So uh, thanks for seeing us today at thanks, uh, SEMA 2021. Have a fun show. Thanks. Racing Junk is the number one racing and performance marketplace where you can post your racing junk for free. Parts. Engines, race cars, trailers, project builds, muscle cars, chassis, tires, and so much more. Buy, sell, trade, and browse on racing junk and turn your garage into cash in your pocket. Or find that next dream on the site built by gearheads for gearheads. And best of all, there's no transaction fees. 100% of what you make through your ad is yours to keep. Speed over to our friends at racingjunk.com and sign up for a Pro Club membership. Use the code GETOUT to receive a discount when you sign up for a Pro Club membership. 
cruise on over to our website, getoutanddrive.com, for all the info you never wanted to know about our podcast. Hit us up on our listener hotline, be the first to know what's happening, get industry news, and grab your Get Out and Drive merch. Connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us on Twitter at Get Out and Drive Pod. What drives you?